0: The following program is recorded content created by The Truth Network.
1: Three simple words, we need God.
2: It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, biblical scholar and cultural commentator, Dr. Michael Brown, your voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity. Call 866-34-TRUTH to get on the line of fire. And now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Well, here we are starting a
1: new week together Michael Brown absolutely delighted to be with you why are you listening why have you tuned in to this broadcast why are you here maybe you just stumbled on it you have no idea who I am or what the shows we will well, stick around we serve as your voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity why are you here why this broadcast is it just to get the latest news i don't think so is it did you like controversy Uh, it's not going to keep you long term why are you here probably because you want to get built up you want to get strengthened you want to get sharpened you want to know how to react and respond to the crazy world in which we live and that's why we are here as your voice for moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. So today, we, we want to really try to go for the heart of things, really address the core issues, and really help us get our eyes where they need to be. 866-34-TRUTH. That's the number to call. Now you can weigh in on what I'm talking about today, but if you have any question of any kind on any subject, if you've got a bone to pick with me, we'll get to some calls later in the show, 866-348-7884. I also posted a number of questions on Twitter. I'm going to share with you the poll results of some questions I've been asking in advance as my new book, The Political Seduction of the Church, comes out in eight days, a week from tomorrow, September 6th, it comes out, The Political Seduction of the Church, how Millions of Americans have confused politics with the gospel. Okay, those three words, we need God. You say, well, who doesn't know that we need God? Well, many people don't. Many people don't believe in him. Many people don't recognize how desperately we need him. But I think many times, even in the church, we don't realize how desperately we need God let me paint a picture for you about america about the state of the nation so so as to underscore how we need divine intervention how as as i said in the recent book it really is revival or we die that the the best political outcomes we could hope for whoever we believe would be the best party to be in power and the best leaders to be in power Even though that can have a major effect, all right, who is in power will affect lots of things, economy, many decisions, foreign policy, national security, certain key moral educational issues. There's no downplaying that judges that get appointed to local courts, national courts, Supreme Court. These are big issues. No one is downplaying that. I'm certainly not downplaying it. But, but. Ultimately, at most, the best political outcome is only a Band-Aid on a much deeper, deeper problem in America. If we do not have divine intervention in the church, revival in the church, that would then sweep out and become a national awakening in society, it's over for America as we know it. You say, Dr. Brown, we've heard you say that before. You're going to hear me say it again because it remains true. Here, if we're driving down the road, right, I'm in a new area I'm not familiar with, and I said, yeah, GPS, I'm not really getting a good signal here, but I think it's just straight up a little further. You ever keep driving and you realize, okay, we're obviously going in the wrong direction. I see signs for cities that are the opposite of where we're going. And the city we're going to, I don't see signs for that. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. Okay, until we turn the car around, someone needs to keep saying we're going in the wrong direction. So let me just underscore a couple of things for you, all right? For many years, Fox News has been looked at as the the conservative side of things, CNN, MSNBC, liberal side of course the the mainstream networks as well on the liberal leftist side but fox the more conservative voices you know the bill o'reilly's in the past and the the sean hannity's today and the tucker carlson's today and oh not necessarily holding to everything we'd hold to scripture, but that's the that's the conservative voice out there the biggest conservative tv news well just just think that earlier this year Fox hires on its team Bruce, quote, Caitlin Jenner as, as a hero in the LGBTQ plus community and as a great role model for kids. This is Fox hiring Bruce Jenner. Now, I don't mean that Jenner is the most evil person on the planet. I'm sure he has many good qualities and admirable qualities and in many ways is a political conservative, but you're... <laughs> You just have to grab hold of the moment and realize how far things have shifted in, in just a very few years. I was reading one apologetics website and, and they were talking about, hey, when you're thinking about getting kids interested in the Bible again, they're thinking about which preferred gender pronoun to use. So in other words, we, we're on a very different wavelength and don't realize the world that many of them live in. A few years ago, there was a song just with three letters for its initials, W-A-P, and when I tried to write about it because it became a national, even international, number one song, I couldn't figure out how to write about it because you start to watch the music video, that's crass. You start to listen to the lyrics, like, those are unbelievably crass. I'm, I'm talking about as vulgar and crass And base as could be, a sexualizing of women as could be. And no, I didn't listen to all of it, and I shut the video off. But I saw and heard enough. Oh, okay. This this is something that little kids are singing. This is not just raunchy stuff. There's been raunchy stuff always. This is extreme raunch that then becomes number one in America. That's just the state of things. I'm just giving examples to make a point, okay? Think back just seven years when the Supreme Court outrageously redefines marriage. Think of the shock of that. Think of when the White House was lit up in rainbow colors by President Obama in celebration of this moment. And obviously from the gay lesbian perspective this was a momentous time and uh, Andrew Sullivan who's, who's a brilliant guy uh, homosexual brilliant thinker and certainly tough-skinned in many ways he he wept over these things and and it was so meaningful to him as a gay man to find this acceptance and obviously from that perspective it's, it's something to be celebrated obviously I have a very different perspective i care about the people but with a very different perspective but, but think of the outrage of that. Think, just go back a generation and public opinion was completely against the idea of same-sex quote marriage. Now today, even early this year, conservative in many ways, but gay atheist David Rubin, he and his partner, quote, spouse, are adopting children. And so, so gay couple adopting children. And you've got major conservative leaders celebrating it. And David Rubin's saying, I heard from this one, this one, this one, they're all congratulating me. Now, he and his partner may be very devoted parents and caring people. It doesn't deny the fact that the kids will be raised by choice without their mother, and, and that they will be deprived of having a mother in their lives as a mother. So that's a sad thing. But either way, it's, it's nothing that you celebrate as a conservative. But now it's celebrated. Why? Because things have shifted so dramatically. I, I just use these as illustrations. There are whole, a whole lot of other issues in America that are very serious and very grievous. I'm just using this to paint a picture. Uh, to say you, you don't just recover from this. There has been a whole generation that has been raised learning that truth is relative, that morality is relative, that even reality is relative. It's, it's just whatever you perceive it to be. They've been raised with this. More and more parents are finding out what's happening in the schools and they're getting more and more outraged for good reason, for very good reason. But, but in point of fact, this, this is the reality. These things have been going on for longer than we realize. Come on, Disney, Disney Studios pushing aggressively to have more and more LGBTQ plus characters, more and more LGBTQ plus superheroes, children's cartoons with these. I've I've, I've documented this for years. No, this is not the most evil thing. Oh, those gays, they're destroying America. I'm not saying that at all. All right, There's there's enough sin in the church to destroy America. There's enough sin in heterosexual marriages to destroy America. There are enough problems right here where we live, okay? I've said for many years that that no-fault divorce in the church did more to destroy marriage than all gay activists combined. That's my own personal opinion. I'm simply illustrating how dramatically the society has shifted, and and even pastors have shifted, and quote, conservative leaders, that there are conservative websites, or or I couldn't say some of these things because it's considered too controversial. We don't rock that boat. So that's where we're at. You, You don't just recover from that without divine intervention. Too many foundations have been destroyed. We need God. The good news is, in the midst of this madness, in the midst of the American Library Association endorsing drag queen reading hour for toddlers? In the midst of this madness, God is moving and he will hear the cries of his people. He will hear the cries of those who earnestly seek him and ask him for mercy and for grace. So now is the time, friends. Now is the time. We need God. And he is near to those who seek him with a broken heart. 866-34-TRUTH. Hey, friends, be in your voice. That's why we're here. We'll be right back.
2: the line of fire with your host Dr. Michael Brown get on the line of fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH here again is Dr. Michael Brown
1: welcome back friends to the line of fire broadcast I just got an email from my team talking about our trip to Israel with exciting information there if you didn't get the email oh you're missing out So go to askdrbrown.org, askdrbrown.org, and just sign up for our emails. We'll put you in our welcome tour, tell you more about my testimony from LSD to PhD, about the three R's of our ministry. I'm going to touch on that in a moment. And then, uh, as well, we'll send you a free mini ebook on how to pray for America, 866-34-TRUTH. Phone's open for anything you want to talk about. But first, staying on subject here, one of the great burdens that I have being on the air with you is is to help see you thriving in spiritual health. Now, I know there's some listening watching that don't agree with me, that don't believe in God as I do, that don't believe in Jesus. Well, I'm thrilled you're here, and hopefully we can contribute to your life in a positive way as well. But for all those who are fellow believers, which would be the great bulk of my audience— my goal is to see you healthy thriving the picture from Isaiah 10 27 that the yoke is broken because of fatness which which means that as the animal gets strong and healthy and fatness would be a picture of a, of a healthy animal in the ancient world That boom it, it breaks the yoke off the bondage the oppression broken off because of the health of, of our life in God and that's the way it is you spend quality time with God you encounter Him, you're in His Word, you're meeting with Him, you're walking in obedience to Him. Some, health comes, vitality comes. Things that used to pull you down don't anymore. Things that used to burden you, that you find freedom. Things that used to enslave you, they don't. So that's our goal to, to see that health building and that strength building because America is sick because the church is sick. As the church gets healthier, America will get healthier why because there are multiplied tens of millions of us here in America it's not like there are three believers in America right there are tens of millions of born-again people here excuse me in America and and our health will directly affect the health of those around us the light in us shining more brightly will bring more light to America more conviction to America More accountability to america more blessing to america more judgment to america so as our ministry is burdened the three focal points of our ministry revival in the church gospel-based moral and cultural revolution in society redemption in israel the second two r's don't happen without the first without a healthy thriving church so there are positive things happening in America. We, we, we told you that this would be the year of pushback, right? N- not the first year where this is happening, but a year characterized by it. So we've seen so much of it, the the, the highlight thus far being the overturning of Roe v. Wade, but so much happening, so many parents pushing back, uh, elected officials pushing back, states pushing back, grassroots pushing back. But unless the church leads the way, it will fall short. Now. One of the big things that happened in the the last election cycle is that we got so caught up with the elections and so caught up with the battle between Republicans and Democrats and Trump and Biden. Before that, Trump and Hillary, that I am convinced to the core of my being that we misplaced our loyalties, that that many of us became an appendage to a political party that many of us became like the ones that we were following rather than bringing change to them. They changed us. And I, I tweeted this out last night or, or sometime yesterday about idolatry. I said this idolatry is when we take the trust or adoration that belongs only to God and give it to anyone or anything else. Let me read that again for you. Idolatry is when we take the trust or adoration that belongs only to God and give it to anyone or anything else. That's idolatry. And in many ways, we fell into political idolatry. It's a major theme of my book, The Political Seduction of the Church. And remember, seduction is subtle. Seduction is seducing. Seduction doesn't come in through the, the front door. It comes in through the side window. And and it, it has a lot of appeal to it and a lot that looks good. You know how many believers who love the Lord and feel called to pastor have started seminary to get deeper into God and deeper into His Word so that they can better serve the flock and become pastors or become missionaries, and they never get there because they got so caught up with study and knowledge that that became an idol in their lives, and the burden to reach the lost or the burden to shepherd a local flock disappeared? Now, some are called to teaching and scholarship, but it's a seduction that happens in, in a subtle way. Maybe you're a Christian and, and you're an athlete and you think, boy, if I could really make it to the top of my sport, I, I, I'll use that platform to reach young people. I'll, I'll be better known in my community. I can rally people around me, I can share the gospel, I can glorify the Lord. So you you have your, your vision, your burden, but then, you know you just you're not you' you're good, but you're not that good. You, and someone just suggests, hey, just just try these, you know these these supplements. they're they're really I mean, it's kind of keep it quiet as you're doing it, but they'll really help. And ne- next thing you destroy your 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 reputation by using performance enhancing drugs, but it was it was a seduction. So we're looking at a situation where existential things are happening in front of our eyes. Where there's a battle for the for the future or, or children or grandchildren where the court could tip this way or that way with generational effect or weighty weighty things abortion world terrorism standing with Israel freedom of religion family moral. I mean so many things on the table and one party's gonna tip it this way and the other party's is gonna tip it this way it's easy for us to get caught up in these things. But when we do, we now lose our effectiveness. Remember Samson, he said that if his, if his hair was cut, he admitted it to Delilah then he'll be like any other man. And that's what happened. When we primarily fight with the world's weapons, we become no more powerful than the world. God has given us supernatural spiritual weapons. And when we fight with those weapons, then, things change. Of course, we're involved in the system, but our emphasis is spiritual. here. let me let me share with you what some folks felt on Twitter. Uh, this was the first question of a series. It's up to four now that i've I've asked, the fourth just right before radio started. In anticipation of my new book, The Political Seduction of the Church, I'm going to ask some questions to get your take on how we did as believers, during the 2020 elections first question did we rise above the political fray or did we get caught up in fleshly partisan politics 9.6 percent said we rose above it 9.6 percent said not sure 80 point eight percent said we got caught up in it we got caught up in it I absolutely agree that that is the right answer that we got caught up we sounded just like the world when I saw preachers with the American flag wrapped around their shoulders and and now the elections were now a kingdom of God issue you may have your strong convictions as I do one party I would vote for another I could not vote for in good conscience before God but my trust is not in the arm of the flesh because politics is still politics. It's still earthly worldly with flawed people and a flawed system because it's of this world. Second question that I asked, here's the second question in anticipation of the release of the political seduction of the church. Do you believe that as followers of Jesus, we enhanced or hurt our witness to America by our political associations and activities in 2020? Do you believe that as followers of Jesus, we enhanced or hurt our witness to America by our political associations and activities in twenty twenty. Eight point two percent said we enhanced our witness. Thirty three point two said a little of both. Fifty eight point six said hurt our witness. I believe we did as well. Do I mean for those of us who voted for Trump, we hurt our witness by voting for Trump? No, that's not my position. I voted for him. It's how we behaved. It's how we conducted ourselves. It's how we became better known as followers of a candidate than followers of Jesus, whatever side we were on. And then third question I asked was this. Question three, in your opinion, did Christians in general do a good job in 2020 of praying for the elections and helping to get the vote out? Uh, 40% said can't say, 37.9% said no, 22.1% said yes. Obviously, they're two separate questions, praying for the elections and helping to get the vote out. I put them in as one. I, I think we prayed a lot. I think we really prayed a lot. In fact, we prayed to the point of obsession. We prayed to the point of, if our candidate doesn't get in, it's over. I mean, that, that's the way many prayed. For getting the vote out, I, I, think, I think we did a good job. Yeah, many Christians didn't vote. It's going to happen. Many people of all stripes don't vote. But actually, I I would have voted yes for that. But that was obviously closer overall. Point was, and the point is, politics is important, but it's not the gospel. And we are gospel people first. We need God. Winning the lost is more important than winning the elections. Advancing the kingdom of God is of a higher priority than patriotism, although... All of these have their place. It is a matter of priorities. All right, we'll be back. We're going to take some calls. Then I'm going to give you seven steps to help unify the church. We'll be right back.
2: the line of fire with your host dr michael brown get on the line of fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH here again is dr michael brown
1: thanks friends for joining us on the line of fire i will be a broken record about a number of issues with the goal of us taking hold of truth learning from mistakes I, i try to do that constantly learn from my own mistakes shortcomings and and keep growing and moving forward, so we can be everything God called us to be. And in the heat of the moment, boy, it's it's often hard to see clearly. And the intensity of of the, the critical things we're dealing with in America, it's so easy to to misunderstand each other and just just pass each other like ships in the night. So let's let's do our best to hear. Let's do our best to grow. Let's do our best to take hold of God's promises. Eight six six. Three four eight seven eight eight four. Going to go to the phones in a moment. Let me just park on on one point. As I am signing copies, can I reach this? Yeah. Okay. Reached over here and grabbed a copy of Political Seduction of the Church. So, uh, as as I sign copies, the first ones that we we sent out, all the pre-orders we've sent out, we keep getting more each day, so we keep signing, sending more out, but. When I write a book, I always think about what scripture will go well with that book. What will fit well with the theme. And this one I've been signing, so it's Dear Joe, Dear Jane. Then a scripture reference, 2 Corinthians 10.3, where Paul says, though we walk in the flesh, meaning in this world, we do not war as the world does or according to the flesh. No, the weapons of our warfare are... Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So, I'm I'm involved on every level of of apologetics that I can be involved in defending the faith. I do commentary on the culture wars, as you know, on a regular basis. There, there are all kinds of uh, all kinds of things that uh, I, I engage in that are natural. You could say, you know what I'm saying? Interacting, talking about what's happening in the world, giving insight on elections and stuff like that. But I recognize that the greatest weapons that, that we have are spiritual, right? That unless we back things in prayer, unless we're preaching the gospel, unless we're using biblical wisdom to tear down falsehoods, unless, unless we're doing that, then then we will only be as effective as the world. So I'm glad for people who are not believers speaking with wisdom i'm glad for them giving insight on economic issues i'm glad for insights they have on moral and cultural issues and political issues i learned from lots of people and i welcome their voices but I, I also recognize the ultimate battle is a spiritual battle and that's what we must give ourselves to and that's what i'm going to be a broken record about because it's so easy to get caught up in the other things and i don't know about you but it's easier to be in the flesh than in the spirit for for me and for most of us. In other words, it's it's easier to oversleep than to get up earlier. It's easier to overeat than to eat in a disciplined way. It's it's easier to yield to the flesh than say no to the flesh. That's the world we live in and being fallen human beings. But when we swim against the tide, that's when God backs us. And then when we learn to have his backing, wow, it's wonderful to be carried and backed by God. One last thing. Then we go to the phones, and then I want to give you seven principles to help unify the church. You might say, Mike, I haven't heard you really say anything about the FBI's raid on Trump's place in Mar-a-Lago and the seizing of of documents. You haven't weighed in on it. Two reasons. One, I don't know all the details and facts with certainty any more than you do. I don't know whether those documents were as classified as is said. I don't know if Trump had any right to have them, if President Trump had any right to have them. I don't know if this was a hit job from opponents of the president, former president. I don't, I don't know if he broke the law. I don't know. You say, oh, haven't you really focused on it? No, I haven't. Because God's burdened me to focus on other things, and this is not my primary domain. But that's one thing. What what do I have to say? Do I need to inflame you more for or against Donald Trump, for or against the FBI, for or against the Biden administration? Is that my gospel work to inflame passions more about these things? No, I don't think so. There are plenty of other people who know more than I know about these issues, giving insight— giving commentary, go for it. And bottom line is, second thing, either this is an outrage and, and just like Russia collusion charges and all this stuff, but even going further, and it must be exposed and the, the well-being of our uh, authority structures are, are in question right now. It's that bad. Or President Trump really did stupid things and crossed some lines that are going to get them in big trouble. I would think it's one of those two. Let it come to light. Let the truth come to light. Just because something's in the news doesn't mean that I'm going to talk about it. So for those who noticed, I've said virtually nothing about it. That's why. All right. Let me grab some questions. We're going to switch subjects, turn on a dime. We start in Chicago with Menachem. Welcome to the Line of Fire.
0: Um, shalom, um, Mr. Brown. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you. Shalom to you.
0: Thank you. Um, I have um, three questions. Um, I'm a Messianic believer in Jesus. Um, I was with my friend, and he told me about a, a counter-missionary named Tovia Singer, and he said Tobias Singer told him, a horrible thing and i was wondering if you can answer this for me
1: sure go ahead
0: um uh, so toby singer he told him that the the whole entire tanakh the old testament was it has no written inspiration for gentiles and and he said about the matthew gospel and the gospel of um the the um, excuse pardon um it was the whole entire new testament that They were written to different churches, and they have no inspiration towards Gentiles, and I think that is
1: bogwashed,
0: I mean, do you, because I I don't understand.
1: Yeah, well, I I haven't heard Tovia say that specifically about uh, about the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, but uh, I, I debated Tovia over 30 years ago. You can listen to the debate on our Real Messiah website. He's refused to interact with me ever since and has spread some false information. But he's, he is the, the loudest counter-missionary, meaning the rabbi who's putting out the most material and attacking Christians day and night. And it's very easy to refute his stuff. I, I've done it many, many uh, times over the years. But what I recommend, Menachem, is that you just go to the Real Messiah website, okay, realmessiah.com, realmessiah.com, And just scroll down, you'll see Answering the Rabbis. And there are already about a dozen videos up there where I take some of his videos and demolish the misstatements, the misinformation, and set the record straight. And we plan to put out many, many more in that series. So what gives him prominence is he's very aggressive and has a good online audience and is very passionate But what he says is is deeply bogus, deeply misguided. His attacks on Christians are terribly misguided. And I do pray for him. Last time I prayed for him was probably two days ago. Uh, I I do pray for his repentance and for him to know the one true God. But Menachem, we've we've got a lot of stuff out there. If you want to take a full course, 22-hour course called Countering the Counter Missionaries, we put that out some years ago. It's also... Uh, available on that site you can find out more about that at realmessiah.com. but we especially target a lot of his misinformation there so uh we've got a ton of resources that'll set the record straight for you Realmessiah.com. scroll down to answering the rabbis okay
0: i i agree with that and i have one other question if, if you don't mind i'll make it very brief it's um do we have any reference to a, a man of desecrations inside of um, the Tanakh, or does um, Rabbinic, you know, Judaism does it recognize it as a whole? Because I, I, I never, I never got a solid response from my own Rabbi. According to it,
1: okay, I'm I'm gonna follow the the question. What? Just repeat it, please. I must have missed something.
0: Um is there a man of desecrations? Because my Gentile friend, he told me that there's an Antichrist, and
1: I, I, I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah. So, so Menachem, um, yeah, you called it a man of That That's a different word. Yeah, the, the, the New Testament does plainly say that there will be an, an Antichrist figure at the end of the age who uh, opposes, opposes God, uh, opposes the, the truth of Yeshua, and will set himself up as God. Uh, you can read about him in, in for example, Second Thessalonians, the second chapter, and then there, there are pictures of him in the book of Revelation. Uh, there's debate as to who exactly it will be. Even, even in, in some Jewish thinking, there is a, an Antichrist-type figure, but not as prominent as, as in the New Testament. And he's probably referenced as well in the book of Daniel. So yes, there, there will be this, this end-time figure of destruction. All right, so Menachem, check out the Real Messiah website. I think you'll find it very helpful. And let's pray for Rabbi Singer's repentance and salvation. All right, let's go to Morrison in Phoenix. Welcome to the Line of Fire.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, Dr. Brown. Sure thing. So um, I got a couple questions, but this one it really kind of bothered me a bit. At some point, I believe, in Isaiah, or somewhere, it's prophesied that the Messiah's name will be Emmanuel, but it's, we always refer to him as Yeshua, or Jesus, or Jesus, or whatever it is. I kind of just wanted to get your thought on why nobody calls him Emmanuel.
1: Yeah, well actually, we do call him Emmanuel. We, we sing songs to him as Emmanuel, and worship him as Emmanuel. Uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel is means God with us or God is with us. So it tells us who he is, and it's Matthew seven fourteen, which is quoted excuse me, Isaiah seven fourteen, which is quoted in Matthew one twenty three. So Matthew quotes it about Jesus, Yeshua, saying his name will be called Emmanuel, but just like Solomon was given the name yedid beloved of the Lord, but he was called Solomon all his life, even though he actually had the name yedid he was called Solomon. So also being called Emmanuel means God with us. That's who he is. He is God with us in the flesh. And we worship him and sing hymns to him as Emmanuel, the old classical come, oh, come Emmanuel, but his earthly name, Jesus Yeshua. All right, stay right there. We'll be right back.
2: the line of fire with your host Dr. Michael Brown get on the line of fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH here again is Dr. Michael Brown
1: I just got a call today from Dr. Mark Stengler my personal physician yeah he's in California I'm in North Carolina but he's helped me greatly over the years and part of my daily regimen along with my healthy eating and healthy living is taking those healthy supplements They're great. So check them out, vitaminmission.com. You get a discount when you do as being a a follower of the Line of Fire broadcast. And in addition, Dr. Stanley makes a donation to our ministry with every purchase. All right, um, Morrison, just wanted to go back to you. You said you had a couple of questions. So the one was about Emmanuel. Uh, What was the other one about?
0: Uh, Yeah, I'll make it real quick. It's just a couple of ones that have been bothering me. It's just uh, I kind of... Want to know which which Bible is most authentic and how we can avoid the mark of the beast? Uh-huh.
1: Okay, so uh, any standard modern English version that that's put out by major Christian publishers is is reliable. So be it the ESV or the NIV, be it the New King James or the MEV, be it the NET. There's so many. If you're looking for more of a messianic slant, Tree of Life, or a complete Jewish Bible, uh, there there are many fine translations today. But the whole thing with Mark of the Beast, right? Right now, there is no beast in terms of a one-world leader and one-world government, right? So the beast is not here. But and and for everyone that's lived and died up until now, they never had to worry about the beast. But they have to worry about the devil. The key thing is to bow down to Jesus alone, to bow down to the Lord alone and not to the world around you. In other words, in your day-to-day decisions, be careful to say yes to God and no to the world when the world is pulling you in a different direction. And if that's your pattern of life, then whatever you're faced with, you'll do fine. It's, It's that simple. Whatever you're faced with, Whatever challenges come, if you are living in daily obedience, saying no to, to the flesh, and yes to God, then when bigger tests come, you will have been proven, your foundation will be strong. I, I never, ever think, not even for a split second, never crosses my mind, what about the mark of the beast? Literally, not for a split second, because my heart is to please and honor the Lord. And whatever comes our way in terms of temptation, test, if we're honoring him, he will... Keep us strong to the end. Hey, thank you, sir, for the call. All right, let, let me end here with some practical steps to take. And you can read this article on, on the website, org. And again, when you get our emails each week, uh, you'll get an update. Here are our latest articles, normally at least four or five, sometimes more new articles. Here are our latest videos. And, oh, we got a whole bunch of things about to come out this week that are going to Rocks and boats, I think. Okay. And help many. That's the goal. So, how, how can we unite in Jesus when we got some big differences? I mean big differences. Doctrinal differences, differences in practice, right? We, we've, got, we've got differences based on ethnicity, race background perception generational differences and yet true believers are a part of one body one family and and the great high priestly prayer of Jesus the longest prayer we have recorded from, from the Lord in the Bible was a prayer for our unity but unity that's not based on truth is of no value unity that's based on compromise helps no one so so how can we truly unite around Jesus what can we do so We've got seven steps for you, all right? Seven points, and there's more. More could be said. First, recognize that unity is very important to the Lord. It's, it should be a priority. Just like in a marriage, if you're going through a hard time, that, that's, that's most important right now. Work on your marriage. You, you've got issues going on. you got a, a company, and there's disunity from the top down. You better fix that, or that thing's going to collapse, right? Jesus said every kingdom divided against itself, every house divided against itself will collapse. It won't stand. So recognize that unity does matter. When I know that a brother or sister has something against me, okay, I I need to try to deal with that. I don't mean a false accusation or lie, but I mean there's some legitimate misunderstanding or, okay, I, I want to, I want to try to address that. Jesus tells us to Matthew 5. Second, Learn to appreciate the diversity of the body. So first, recognize that unity is very important to the Lord. Second, learn to appreciate the diversity of the body. The hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. The eye can't say to the ear, I don't need you. No, to the contrary, we need each other. Well, they're so different. Well, that's what we need. Hey, I'm trying to please the Lord and honor the Lord with everything in me and run my race so as to please him. And go for it while I have breath. But I'm glad that the whole body doesn't look like me. That would not be good. That would not be healthy. And I'm glad it doesn't look like you. I'm glad we're each parts of the body. One of my friends, who's a right-wing conservative, said that the Lord spoke to him one day and said we need a right wing and a left wing. Otherwise, you can't fly. And you realize, okay, no, there's a ton of things in a radical leftist agenda that are destructive. But there are other things where different you know different sides different aspects each each have value okay third find some common ground in jesus you know somebody you're deeply divided over politics you're deeply divided over how to handle race issues in america you're deeply divided over over other subjects well are you both believers find some common ground in jesus yeah just Talk about the Lord, talk about your testimony, share favorite verses. Fourth, make an an effort to understand your brother or sister's perspective. Make an effort to understand your brother or sister's perspective. Why do you see it like that? Why do you feel that way? Don't do it so as to win an argument. Do it so as to understand. Now the more you hear it, the more convinced you may be that they're wrong and you're right. But at least you'll understand why. And in many times, like, oh, I never saw it from that angle. I never thought about that. I never considered that point of view. Fifth, refuse to caricature those you differ with. Refuse to caricature those you differ with. Mm -hmm. It's easy to do it. Exaggerate. Demonize. Come on depending on what side of the political spectrum you're on we're around that day and night and sometimes we do it even in the lord we do it about other leaders so refuse to caricature those you differ with you you may get more social media attention like oh that's you know they post that meme or say that hot you know soundbite repeat it and nah, oh boy that cuts but it's it's not godly it doesn't glorify the lord it just just creates sparks Heat, uh, without light. Six, do not write off other believers. Don't just unfriend the person, discard them. My friend James Robinson always says, don't amputate other parts of the body. Don't just write people off. You have a difference, you're upset, well, talk, interact. Come on, if unity matters to the Lord and he expects us to come into maturity, that means get our, I don't like confrontation. Well, you can't just walk away and abandon people. We don't have that right. Come on, what do you do as a parent? I don't like their conflict. You got to deal with it. You got to tell your kids no. Seventh, pray for one another. Oh, that's deep, huh? You needed me to tell you, right? No, no I, I, I'm joking. We all know it. But when you pray... For people you differ with, it changes your heart towards them. See, if you didn't pray for them, you might. Say, I don't care what happens to them. They dug their own pit. Fine. They made those stupid decisions. They, well, it's their business. I mean, gonna... what happens then happens. Think I care? But when you pray for them, you start to care. When you pray, and, and, and I don't pray negative prayers. Of, Lord, help them to see how stupid they've been and how right I've been. I do not do that on my knees in the presence of a holy God who knows flaws in me that if he showed me, I'd probably drop dead of a heart attack. <clears throat> no, I get on my knees and I say, God, you know what's best. You know, my brother, and my sister, they're very passionate about this. They see it this way. Lord, where, where they're wrong, where they're missing things, where they're hurting themselves, show them. And Lord, where I'm wrong where I'm missing things, show me. And because only God is righteous. Only God is righteous. You know, one of my colleagues used to say, look, let's say it's a marital dispute. And legitimately, let's say your spouse is 90% in error and you're 10% in error. Let's say it's 90% their fault, 10% yours. Legitimately, right? Any observer would say that. But my friend always points out, we are 100% responsible for our 10%. I'm still responsible to fix that part so when you pray for one another you end up desiring what's good for them you end up even loving them and we are commanded to love one another and as one little girl explained it well I'm one and you're another so let's do it friends it's important to the Lord and if we are to see America changed We must come together in a deeper level as the church, because without that, if we can't stand, how can the nation around us stand? Back with you tomorrow.